the Convention Collective Sandbox at Portsmouth Comic Con 2019. We are here, I suppose, to not only launch Joel Meadows' Master of Comics book, comics book, book about Masters of Comics and the workspace, which is available from Joel's table downstairs, but we're lucky enough to have Lawrence Campbell at the moment. We will be um, having Will Simpson in a moment and also uh, Sean Phillips, who's just finishing another panel outside. Uh, and I think it's probably a lot of thick heads this morning, so maybe they've forgotten. Bit of a late, yeah. a bit of a late, a late one. one. Um, so I, I always appreciate when people make the effort to come to panels. Uh, this time last year, we had a similar panel, and it was great fun. So hopefully, we can kind of re replicate that yeah. um, and start off with Joel and talking about, I suppose, the book that came before this and your journey. That's a nice management speech. Your journey towards this one. Uh, well, it's, it's been a long time. The last book, which is also available at the table, which is called Studio Space, came out from in 2008 from Image. Uh, so it's now, it's 11 years, rather scarily. So this book was supposed to have been out last year. It would have been 10 years. But it's taken 11 years from when that came out to the follow-up. So it has been, I mean, we, we put the first book together. It was a little bit of a nightmare. There were various things. We lost the original publisher, so it, sw it switched to another publisher. There's a thing called fair use in American law where you're allowed to use a certain amount of images from one particular corporate holder, but most of the places they won't specify how many images you're allowed to use. So it's this weird gray area. Um, but this one was a little bit smoother. I mean, we lost some artists. We were supposed to have Howard Chaked in it and Howard decided not to be part of it for whatever reason. We did mix things up a bit. We added Frank Cho uh, and Tim Sale into the mix, which obviously they're great artists. Mm. Uh, we mixed things up a little bit, but it was, it was relatively painless. I mean, books are never painless, but comparatively speaking. But you told me, I mean, you were telling me it took you three years to it put it together, because obviously you've yeah. taken a lot of the photos, all the photographs. Well, nearly all the photos, yeah. yeah. And I um, went out to visit the artists, yeah. and, and, and I've done all the interviews, and I sourced a lot of the art as well, which was a, quite a challenge, trying yeah. to, and also trying to find art, and not just to find the art, but to work out where it's from. With certain artists like Minara, you know, because I, I don't speak Italian, so, you know, having to do a bit of detective work. Mm. Um, and some people are easier than others, because some people there are my friends, like Walt Simonson is, is a friend, and Caluta yeah. I've been to visit. And it was, it was very interesting. It was a very different, it was a different experience. The last book, I was away for about three months in the States, and had this incredible trip where I went to visit uh, Tim Bradstreet and I went to visit uh, Tom Lee Edwards and George Pratt and Walt Simonson and I can't even remember, there was about five or six artists I did trip from east mm. to west, Adam Hughes as well. So that was like a three-week trip away, whereas this was more of a gradual process. Yeah, I mean, I mean obviously, you know, if you write a novel, <coughs> novel, there's always a certain um, amount of research. And I, said, I, mean, you know, I mean, the fact you've got all of these photographs, the fact you've got all of these interviews... The fact that you've got, I mean, they're lovely photographs as well. And as you said, you've got all of these people from America, from Britain, from all... all exactly, from Italy. Yeah. From and and um, was that always the case? Was that always the idea to have a follow-up book? Or was this something that came 
uh, in a different in a different form, different uh, evolution. Well, no, I think I always wanted to do another one. I mean, despite the problems that we had with the first one, I really enjoyed it. I like looking at people's workspaces. I mean, we did it on Tripwire. We went to visit. We did it with Simon Davis, uh, Roger Langridge, uh, and Fraser Irving, I think, as well. So they always, it always fascinates me because it's interesting to look at the, the, where people work because it's, it's a weird thing where it, stuff is there for comfort for their work, but it also reflects and it also influences the work that they create. Mm. So it's like a double-edged thing. Do they have much in common? Or is, like, are they yeah. quite... Yeah, is, there, is there a thread that leads, mm. links them all together? Well, are I mean, quite they are quite different. I mean, you know, for this book, for example, Frank Quietly, Vince's studio is tiny. I mean, oh, really? it's literally... He, he shares a room with... And there's Sean Phillips. Yes. Uh, with with three other, two other people. Um, welcome, Sean. Take a take No, a, by all means, Sean, I don't, I don't <coughs> do too much sitting down. <laughs> so, I'm late. That's all right. We so, knew you were coming from another panel. panel, anyway. so it's all good. No, I, I was told it was four o'clock. Oh, oh shit. Ah, yeah. I think we swapped it. We made four. it earlier. Yeah. I admit, right. apologies, Sean. Well, I appreciate you've come, and I'm glad you got a drink. Oh, thank you. So anyway, carry on. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're very different. So, Vince's studio is tiny. Sean's is, is a really nice space next to his house, which is purpose-built. Or conversion, was it conversion, convert, basically? Convert, it's, it's a really nice open space. Uh, Kaluta's flat, he works in his flat, it's completely insane. I was talking to someone else about this. He has bits of, kind of airplanes in there and old auction catalogues. And his, his house is like a treasure trove of stuff. Um, and then Walt has an amazing house. He's got uh, one of the best libraries I've ever seen with all this reference material. And he's got original art from Can't people like mythology. Kirby <laughs> and uh, Robert McGuinness and all these amazing things. Because a lot of artists, they swap. I mean, obviously, you're familiar with that, Sean. But, you know, trades, a lot of people do trades. Yeah. But, so Walt's got a great house. Posey Simmons lives in King's Cross, and she's got a really nice house. But she has a studio, and her husband works as a graphic designer sort of next to her. So, I mean, I guess... Everyone's studio is different. That's what's interesting. Like years ago for the first book, I interviewed Bradstreet. He's got a human skeleton in his studio and all these amazing photo books in his, in his house. And like Cubit was at the school. Um, it, everyone is different. And I guess they're tailored to suit their workspace and their work patterns. Well, we'll ask Lawrence and Sean about that. Lawrence, <laughs> uh, I suppose, you know, has your workspace evolved over the years? Do you need those creature comforts that we all love, that psychic satisfaction, if you like? Yeah. um, When I first started drawing comics, my dad just made me um, two pieces of wood that would slot together and then a drawing board on top as it were. So it was all handmade and it was a bit wobbly and I just started drawing. Um, And then I'd have to, because it was my bedroom, I'd have to take it down every night to put it all away so that I could go to bed and things like that kind of thing. And what, um, you were 42 at the time? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and then I kind of moved on later on. So I was drawing at that period. Then uh, we bought a house. And this is the difficult part where I wanted to buy an extra room. I wanted a, a big enough house to turn one of the rooms into a studio kind of thing. So we, me and Natalie, we could have, I guess, lived in a one-bedroom house. But I wanted two-bedroom house so that I could have the studio. So we'd done that. Um, and then we moved again, and again I bought uh, a, a, a three-bedroom house, got a ring, and again converted one of those. And that was a really small room. It was just long and thin, and I just had my books along one side and then my drawing board. But my drawing board was set up permanently with a light box and whatever else. And then we moved again, and then I converted the garage just into the studio, and I built a kind of um, a glass room that then connected to the house, as it were. So, kind of, and that's I'm, now I'm very happy, as it were. So I've got all my props, 
they're in there kind of thing so toy, toy, toy guns yeah, something yeah. like that <laughs> but the weird thing also is that I never used to collect figures and I never was into into that I was just into just comics and just a piece of like some pieces of original art yeah. and I was not into figures I wasn't into any of that stuff and then suddenly I've become like 45 and I've suddenly started buying figures and I, I don't know what the fuck's going, going, what's going on to you I'm now buying all these kind of Things that I've just never bought before. So yeah, I've suddenly cropped in that I've suddenly got. I think some of them I buy out of reference. So when I was drawing Marvel Wolverine versus Marvel Universe, it was just easier to. Just, I just went on eBay and I just bought a job lot of like Marvel figures that were about that big yeah. with their costumes, and I just bought a job lot of those. And that was then I've got a 3D version of that that, that character's uh, kind of uniform, as it were, kind of thing. So that was just easy to do that. And since then, I've just started escalating and built more out of hand. Really. And what about you, Sean? Because obviously, other than uh, other than toy guns, that's a lovely picture, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and there's Lawrence's picture. Um, I look quite grumpy. <laughs> no, no, you look moody rather than grumpy. Okay, you know, in a kind of thoughtful way. Stay um, well, How, how's your sort of workspace evolved got, over the years? Well, I started very similar to, to Lawrence. I was 15 when I first started drawing professionally. Wow. So my dad built me a drawing. Oh, really? So no way. Really? Like a hinged one on the wall, so it's right. Kind of okay. Slope. And, but it's sort of a big piece of chipboard that sort of hinged back down and I had like a shelf above it which had like my four books and a bottle of ink and a right, brush yeah. brushes and stuff like that. Um, and that was, then I went to college when I was 18 so that, I stopped that bit mm. but you know, up until then that, it was all done in my bedroom and mm. I just thought that's what you did. When I went to college, um, I went to Preston to do graphics rather than... Someone has to go to Preston, don't Well, <laughs> Brian Talbot also went there about 10 years previous to me, I think he's about 10 years older than me. And he still lived in Preston at the time. So my lecturer, the yeah. one lecturer that actually thought comics was quite good, because he was an illustrator as well on the yeah. side, oh, so wow. he had a bit more of a... He wasn't quite as snobby as the rest of them. Wow. He goes, oh, I know someone who draws comics. Why don't you go around and see him? So I did a couple of pages of oh, Judge cool. Dredd, which were in my art book, if you've ever seen that. Um, rolled up a piece of paper. I took a friend with me because I was a bit nervous about going. Yeah. He wasn't particularly into comics. But, um, and I went around and said, Brian. And he had like, the front room in his house. It's like He had like a, a big Victorian quite long house, there'd be like a, a sitting room, another sitting room, kitchen and stuff like that. Yeah. And the first sitting room was his studio and it was all fitted bookcases. And oh. it had like those EC box sets of like the old EC yes. comics. And I thought, this is, this is what I want, a yeah. room just to draw, draw it in. There wasn't a bed in the corner or, you, or my brother yeah. or, you yeah. know, it's just... Just cramped. <laughs> yeah, you know, just, yeah. yeah, and um, that sort of like got me going. But when I left college, I moved to London to a small two-bedroom flat mm. and I had my studio in one of the rooms and then I had a baby so I had to get the oh. studio somewhere else so some friends of ours had like the whole house up the street we had like the top half of the house converted flat but our friends had like, the whole house and had a spare room so I had a studio in there for about a year until I flooded their house then they asked me kindly to leave <laughs> hold on hold on hold on let's just slow the house down. <laughs> you can't go past no, that no flooding the house we weren't alive uh, well I was it was while I was Doing stuff for 2008, I was drawing Devlin Ward at my time painting. So I had to clean the paintbrushes. So I went to the bathroom to clean the paintbrushes, and no water came out of the tap. I'd already put the plug in, and no water. <laughs> Bloody hell. Okay, so I went back to into my studio, carried on, and oh, no. put the music on nice and loud. And like for four or five hours, I thought I'll go back again. And all of a sudden, like for some reason, the water had been turned out in the street, turned off in the uh. street. And then they turned it back on again because the tap was like on. A big whoosh. And it just like it was just it'd been there for hours, and it just like totally wrecked. <laughs> the room below, all the all through the electrics, and I was dripping out the light fittings, and and I thought, oh, and, I, and they came home late that night, but I'd left. I left a note saying, you know, don't turn the lights on because they're all wet. 
and the guy guy whose house it was, Carl, he's like six four and quite, oh, no. and quite intimidating. I, he came out. I thought he was actually going to kill me, but he, they were okay in the end. Yeah, you know, they got a really inflated quote from the insurance and the inconvenience. We still we are still friends, but you know the inconvenience of it's whole. Um, you can laugh about it now, I assume. Uh, yeah. Well, maybe you. I'm not. Can, I'm, not I'm not going to mention it to you. I'm not going to mind And then when I, then I, when I left London and, and I moved to Yorkshire and got a big house that had two spare rooms. There was a, it was a three-story house on the top floor. One room was a kitchen, a, bath, a bedroom for one of my kids, and there was two other rooms. I had one for like drawing and painting, right. full of shelves with books, and then I had another room just for the computer. Mm. This is back. This is like 25 oh. years ago when the internet was just coming in the yeah. house yeah. I rented my computer from Radio Rentals no way Radio Rentals which isn't yeah. around anymore and you know and got a 14.4 modem so like you know take 20 minutes to get like a picture of a naked lady come down but it was, it was <laughs> for reference of for course reference, yeah. Um, and yeah so because I, I didn't do much computer work it was just really internet I wouldn't, didn't draw on it I didn't have a tablet mm. or anything like that it was before all those things were around and it gave me a bit it kept the internet separate to my workspace, which I think I wish I'd do now because I spend all my time with you know, my computer. I work on the computer, it's connected to the internet, and I've got my iPad there, and Twitter's scrolling past all the time. Oh, really? You to turn you it off like that? to stop distractions. Uh, about six months ago, I did. I took all the apps off my everything and said, right. you know, if you see me on Twitter, tell me to go because uh, I shouldn't be here. I've got too much work to do. But then it sort of crept back in, and I'm now on it all the bloody time. I, I check when. I make a cup of tea. That's the only time. So I'm drawing most of the time. I'm going to see you the other day. Seven, <laughs> seven, <laughs> yeah. seven yeah, seventeen yeah, yeah. or eighteen. <laughs> and um, I kind of. Well, so I don't know. No, I, I look for those pings. You know. What's I do. do you, you, I don't do pings. I kind of. I. I, turn I, it off, I check it. Silent. I mean, I, I, just, yeah. I just ignore it until I have a cup of tea. Then I sit down, and have a cup of tea, and that's when I surf. Like, Sometimes I think it'd be nice to have a studio out, out of the house. You know, you, I've got that. Have you seen the book of Studio where like Jeff Jones and Barry and Bernie Wrightson and. Barry Smith and yeah. Oh, yeah. the yeah. other guy sharing a studio in the yeah. 70s yeah. in New York. You think, oh, and it's all like full of like peacock feathers and yeah. skulls and think, oh, that would be the way to do it. But I think if I shared a space with other people, I'd just spend all my time talking. Yeah. Certainly you know, the stories I've heard of that studio space in the 70s, sort of New York, it was a yeah. lot of partying and yes. not as much yeah. work. Well, yeah. no. Will is coming, by the way. That's he didn't know he was supposed to be here, no, but I sent him a text. Like probably the four o'clock thing, not to worry. Yeah. Um, he sure, can just fit in on the conversation. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Do you do the same routine pretty much every day because I my routine is pretty much every day the same thing going kind of what is that then because I mean because I'm, I'm having a gap year from teaching right. and my routine is awful because okay. I thought I'd be very creative this year yeah. I haven't been okay I'd be really interested to know from, okay. from a, on, on, an, on an ideal week yes okay like Mondays I'd do my thumbnail I'd, I'd tell her that I want eight pages of script every Monday right okay I never get them but, you know ideally I might get six, which messes up my whole schedule for the week. Right. Oh, okay. He goes, oh, I'll get you six pages of money, but two on Tuesday. I said, no, that doesn't work like that. I right, need it. Yeah. So like on a Monday, I did odd thumbnail and shoot photograph for eight pages. Okay. And then I can draw two pages a day for the rest of the week wow. and get through it. Okay. Whereas if I've only got like five pages to thumbnail, yeah. that, that stretches to fill the day. Do you, ah. do you thumbnail then? The whole book in one go? No, or? I've never had a whole script in one go. <laughs> oh, you've never... Oh, no. eight pages That's of time. Because you, you don't know where the story is going. I've got no so idea. You don't know whether you need to set up a scene no. for later on. Sometimes he might tell me, oh, this place will come back later. Okay. But, or sometimes I'll ask him, is this place important? He goes, oh, I don't know yet. Right. Whoa. <laughs> Jeez. As, as an artist... I don't, I don't know any of the stories. Yeah. I've told Ed never to tell me what happens. Right. Apart from... Um, Killer Be Killed I knew how that ended when we started right. okay. but I didn't know how he was going to get there and also halfway through he says oh I've had a better idea I'm going to change it ah. and then when he got to the end he goes oh no I changed it back to the original idea okay. 
So, but I think you, I mean you've been working with Ed for so long yeah. now. Surely there's a certain simpatico that you can trust him, and I mean, or do you oh, want yeah. to be surprised to read well, yourself? I do. That's what. That's why, one of the reasons why. Well, partly that because I want to get to it fresh and think, oh yeah, this is really good, and then. Also, I don't want to think that, oh God, in six months' time, I've got to draw that really hard bit. I don't know until <laughs> yeah. the day yeah. before. That's much better. But, you know, I don't know. If I was, like, even the graphic novel that we did last year, I didn't get the whole script in one go for that. I got, like, eight pages, and then he was trying to keep up with the drawing oh. all the way through, which is always how it is. But um, sometimes I think if I had the whole script in one go for, like, a 60-page story, maybe, I could do, I could build 3D models if I needed to. Mm some proper research but it's never like that it's all on the fly i mean i never do character designs i when i'm penciling the book there'll be an oval for that character right and when it comes to inking it i'll think well they should look like this or because by then hopefully i've got a little bit more scripts i've got a bit more idea of what the character's like yeah i think and I also think they're all real life people i don't need to design an outfit or anything like yes that. Or but you know you say real life people you still have to create an outfit of some sort don't you yeah like, you think about got like a wearing, stripe yeah. going across here so yeah. you're able to identify them in yeah. a short oh, yeah, version yeah, yeah. kind of thing so yeah. they do wear a costume but, but yeah i don't have to design a robot or nothing because we don't do that sort of stuff <laughs> yeah. But so what I'm hearing is you've got to be quite regimental then. I mean, Lawrence... I, I am. I, I've been interested. Yeah. That's why I was asking if there are people out there who just kind of wake up whatever time. I kind of, I mean, I'm partly regimental in the way that I still... I like to go... F I, I went through a phase where I wasn't pretty much leaving the house and I was just drawing all the time and I, that became incredibly unhealthy. Yeah, yeah. So now I'd like to do... It sounds really middle-aged and stuff. But like, I make sure I have to do a, a walk uh, like twice a day, kind yeah, of thing. Twice? I walk with my son to school. He probably doesn't like it. Nah. He's at the age where yeah, he doesn't want to go to But it gets me out. It gets me kind of walking or whatever else. And then I kind of meet him later on. So they're right. like half-hour walks. So all in all, that's about 10,000 steps, which is that's good. What you want for the day. Exactly. So I tick that box. And then other than that, also, I listen to the same radio station every day. Um, I find that when I was in my... Six music? No. No? I, <laughs> no. Shock. I used to listen to music. Um, We're like radio. Be middle age answer now. In my 30s. I've yeah. now gone to talk radio. Kind of really? Like, talk radio station. So all it is is just people talking in the background. And I was talking to Jamie Delano about this. I listen to radio stations that annoy me so that I get wound up and then... Uh, I kind of fire myself up. I get really so I start arguing with the radio station, and I do this every day for five days. And I kind of when I'm not drawing, <laughs> I kind of miss getting annoyed with the radio kind of thing. So I become I that can't grumpy old man because it gets me angry. Well, that's is it. I no, can't I, do but it. But I want to be angry. I like private eye. That's and why I, just, I, I get that from Twitter. I think Twitter. it gets me angry as well. But Jamie was talking about it. He used to do it. He gets angry about Radio Four, and he said that when he was writing Hellblazer, he mm. used to. Listen to Radio 4 and he used to get him out of bed because he used to get annoyed. Right. With it I, went, thing, so. I went to Radio 4 once a couple of years ago. I did some drawings for, um, when they adapted Good Omens as a radio play. Yes. Oh, yeah. I did yeah. some drawings for the yeah. website. And we happened to be in London, my wife and I, and we thought we'd go in and see the producer mm. who, who'd commissioned me nice. just to say hello, get cool. her face known so mm. she might give me some more work. And she took us on a tour around the radio part of BBC and um, we went in to see the continuity announcement on Radio 4. Right. Mm. And it's like she's in a little room and she's got her headphones on that. And... We were told, you know, go in and but she finished her little bit and then she, we got chatting and she goes, right, in, like, in 20 seconds I'm going to start and say another bit on the radio. So we were like, she was talking like really sort of relaxed and casually mm. and then pinged up to the pips or whatever and then she suddenly, and like she went into like full on like 
RP, um, yeah, RP yeah. BBC radio, yeah. Yeah. and then for like thirty seconds, then it the light went off, and she went, oh, blah, 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 back to normal. It was really weird. That's yeah, a weird that way of working, yeah. isn't it? And she yeah. just sits in that little room and just like mm. pipes up every twenty yeah, minutes, every now and then. I mean, Sinkevich told me because he's in the book as well. That, he, uh, I mean, he, he works from like six in the evening, and he told me when he used to live on the east coast, he would do this thing where he would work until like three or four in the morning, and he'd drive home, and he'd see like the clock from the flour mill sort of part but he's he has really weird working practices and he'll pull ridiculously long shifts to get work finished and and actually somebody that i know was it who was it talking to me saying that sinkevich wants a studio but he wants actually it was tom coker he said he wants a studio that he can basically destroy so he's working in there and he's doing all this stuff he's throwing paint around and he wants a space that he can basically completely obliterate while he's working, yeah. and so he can't, he can't just rent everywhere he wants to buy somewhere right. that he can basically destroy over a period of a number of years. One of the things about, about the routine and stuff, I think Lawrence and I both got kids, you've got kids, haven't you? Mm. But they're old. Well, yeah, two of mine are left home now. But, they left, but, but, you, came back. but you need, <laughs> if you just sit in your room and draw, which is yeah. what I do, if, if I'm at home by myself and everyone's gone away for a couple of days, I, mean, mm. that, I get up, work until I go to sleep. Yeah. And if there wasn't a family around where they make, even if yeah. When I with them, I annoy them. They still <laughs> still got to feel like you've got to do a bit of ice you go metal, wouldn't you? So, yeah, I, I, yeah. I kind of there's been times when Jehovah's Witnesses have knocked on the door and you've invited you them. No, to I'm them. not quite invited them in. But at the end, they've made their excuses to leave, to leave rather than have a way round. Yes. because I just needed somebody to talk to because I was just like on going stir crazy because the kids because the sun's out because we love it. You yeah. do it all the time. Yeah, and are you, you a know. slave to the job? Do you think at times? Well, slave to the work rather than passion, should I say? Yeah, a bit. I mean, I try not to work weekends, but sometimes you have it's to. Impossible. Mm. Yeah, I, really, I mean, it really is. I'd possible. like to work all the time. But, yeah, well, but, you know, but this is the I'll thing that you do. <laughs> <laughs> you do. So, well, I don't know. Well, you sometimes think about they it. Leave you alone. You know, yeah. they're quite happy yeah. the fact that you actually work. Yeah. yeah whenever my wife comes <laughs> in the studio, it's like, what's happened? What's wrong? Because <laughs> <laughs> she never ever comes in. Yeah. She's my wife's a painter. She's just given up her studio in the town and has moved back to home to paint at home. And she's like, you got, you can't. No, she's like telling me off because I've got. What are you doing? Uh, <laughs> she says leave me alone I'm painting basically like, it's, it's like I'm there every 20 minutes but I'm sure it's not that bad right <laughs> but you know otherwise I'm just talking to the cats yeah. mm. I, I, or shout at the radio yeah. <laughs> well, look, I think the, to me it was the biggest from kind of because I used to teach part time and draw comics kind of thing and the biggest when I decided to just draw comics the biggest thing was being on your own and because yeah. I wasn't the, being on your own is a really difficult I think it's a serious and quite a difficult thing because you know, there's a nasty part in your head that kind of that can kind of you know kind of bring in self doubt or kind of oh, you know within your work and things like that. And you've got you know you can't listen to that too much, so you have to shut that down or yeah. whatever else kind of thing. So it's it's not for everyone. There's a lot, I know kind of freelancers that have left, not kind of kind of gone back to doing another job because they can't deal with the loneliness. Yeah, of, I mean, I've, you know, I've been standing by myself for nearly forty years now, and taken out of contact like that. Yeah, it's like a prison sentence. But you get the release, like, you know, I get to Day release. all weekends, sure. you know, yeah. doing stuff like do this. Do you sense, I mean, if you keep your weekends free, do you then throw yourself into the weekend? Is that quite God, no. structured no. in there? <laughs> no. You just stay happy uh, to sort of sit back, yeah, chill out no, and take it No, I world. hate all that organised stuff. You know, a trip out with the family, God, no. I like to go to the cinema or something with them. But okay, yeah. well, my daughter's I mean, she's only 13, but she's an age where she doesn't want anything to do with me. Of course not, no. And I quite like that. I, I sort of <laughs> hated it for a while, but then I thought, actually, this could be a strength. Yeah. 
Well, my, one of my sons, Jake, who colours my work, yeah. he's, you know, he'd probably rather not be with E, but he has to be now because he's working for me. <laughs> and how does that work, though? Does he have to come into your studio? Oh, no, he, works, he lives away. He lives in Manchester. Okay, so, um, oh, right. No, no, I mean... Great city. But I've got 10 days with him in, in LA next week, um, week after next, for a festival. So we're going to be sort of squashed together. But he's there as a peer now, yes. rather than as my yeah. son. Mm. And, you know, I think we get, you know, we do social stuff like, not like mates, because that's just a bit creepy when, <laughs> when you're friends with your children, isn't it? Yeah, but, you know. Call me Ollie, don't call me Dad. You just call me Sir. <laughs> Will, what's your work ethic? I mean, we were talking about this sort of the day to day. I mean, maybe your deadlines are a bit different to when you're working in comics and when you're working on Game of Thrones. Um, how, how, how do you work? Because I know over in Belfast you've got a good strong group of other artists, people like Ryan Brown and Glenn Fabry, who you meet from time to time. Does that help spur you on, or are you quite happy to, to live what is often a very solitary life for an artist? God, it's, it's, um, um, it's kind of interesting when you bump into the other guys because you know they're normally very drunk and you <laughs> sort of realise, no, I'm very much better off just getting on with my work <laughs> because I don't want to be like these parents. <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily the two people you just said. No, 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 it is exactly the two people you just said. <laughs> no, no, don't worry about it. All right, Ryan. Glenn, you're here now. <laughs> yeah, I look at Glenn, who's like, I think, about two or three years older than me. I'm thinking, shit, no. I think, Jeez. I'm glad I didn't live like that. G Glenn yeah. is the Keith Richards of um, comic books. I mean, that is what he's like. It's yeah. amazing, isn't yeah. it? I met him in the last UKAC in Manchester in 98. Um, we got so drunk, it's the only time I've ever phoned sick from school. Seriously? When I was that drunk in the morning, I set the same piece of work for different classes. <laughs> I didn't realise. We also got on first widescreen TV that day, so I was quite happy. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he's quite notorious as a bit of a, a hellraiser, shall we say. Well, he's not as simple as that. No, the thing is, um, I, I've, uh, you know, it's interesting here with the guys are saying, because I've been very content to be working on my own um, for a long, long time, and I actually... I'm now looking to move into the countryside where I can be even more on my own <laughs> because I like it. I mean, there's wildlife about That's all cool. I've got dogs. They're great. Um, you know, uh, Wendy doesn't mind it. She likes that sort of stuff. I mean, um, it's, it's, you know, I had to give up my studio in Belfast recently because they were renovating the building that I was in. And I'd been there for, for like five years in that studio. And that had been after about 15 years in another one. And... Um, it kind of was really horrible because half my stuff went into a lockup and the other half, which is the, all the artwork, ended up coming home with me. So I had to take over a space at home until I decide what I'm going to do next. Um, and it's very, very weird sitting having to work at a table. It's almost like going back to student days or something. You know, you're perched up on a table in the middle of the, the flipping room, people walking around you. And um, the thing is... Drawing is what it's all about with me, so um, you actually can make yourself draw no matter what is happening around you. I mean, I think all of the guys, whenever you're doing stuff like here, you know, you suddenly have this ability. Yeah, you that, that you, all that stuff. Yeah, you, you, they, all, everything else zones out around you. You get on with what it is that you're doing. And that's the way it is when I'm working at home. The other, the other thing is, when I was obviously doing the Game of Thrones stuff, that's a film job, so you have to be there at 8 o'clock in the morning and you work through to about seven o'clock at night and that's you in your box for, mm. for the, the period of time and, and mostly it's that, There's not, there wasn't very much else going on and you, um, I hate that because I'm not a morning person 
So the thing is, you know, it was a real effort to force myself into the eight o'clock slot. And you see now that, that after it's all been done and dusted and I'm back to doing work from home, it's so fantastic. You get up at, you know, nine or ten o'clock, eleven o'clock, and you go down, you make your first two cups of tea, <laughs> and you chill out, you watch a bit of TV, and then you get started on the work, and you know that you're probably going to work um, late with, with a few breaks in between, and then suddenly it's like three or four or five in the morning, and you're quite happy. It's the happy hour. You've been working mm-hmm. away. And uh, it's your own time because my clock is a late night clock. Yeah. So um, I actually I'm just enjoying myself at the moment and I'm doing multiple things. Um, you know, I, I finish a certain or give a certain job a certain period of time, and then I get on to the next yeah. one. Yeah. Are you? We, we, I mean, we were talking about social media. And, uh, hmm. um, do you like to be distracted? Uh, or I mean, Lawrence is saying he'll check his social media. Um, when he's having a cup of tea, although yeah. we didn't find out how many cups of tea he had. <laughs> Sean's got it on on, yeah, on screen as well. Yeah. I mean, are these pleasant distractions or are these things that get in the way for yeah, you? Sometimes they're pleasant distractions, sometimes they're not. I mean, it's just it's just that thing, isn't it? I mean, there's some people pop up and you're really happy to hear from, and there's other people you're oh, Jesus. Mm. <laughs> Do I really have to answer this now? How, how long can I put this off? <laughs> I'm just like anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> For all of us, though, it's, it's our job. So yeah. whatever works. You've got to put the hours in. It might be 11 till yeah. 4 in the morning, yeah. or it might be you know, 8, 9 to 5. Mm. You know, depends what the other, what your situation is, I suppose. But you've still got to put in, I don't know, 50 hours a week at least. On the well, the thing is, I love seeing movies and the mm. thing is I love seeing movies when nobody else is about so I like to go to the early morning screen they're, cool. they're cheaper as well in well yeah but the point is there's like you and maybe three people yeah. Yeah. and it's it's just brilliant yeah. and um, and then I come out and, and go to a coffee shop to do my thinking and working yeah. out my ideas yeah. and because there's something about a coffee shop that just does that and um and then when you get home, that's when you're doing the work. Yeah, yeah. And you've already done yeah. the work, but yeah. you've, you've fooled yourself into un- thinking that it's not actually work. So it's, it's actually brilliant, yeah. you know, the psychological tricks that make you keep... Glenn is here, by the way. What? Glenn is actually here. Is I right? thought he would Tim be, yeah. just sent me a text and said, he's trying to get Glenn in, and I said, it's fine, if he wants to come in, <laughs> he can. Like, like um, Lawrence said, I do uh, go for a walk every morning, like yeah. half, half seven till half eight. And he takes photographs, uh, and then and you I, look at the photographs. Yeah. I, go, I, walk, I live in the Lake District, so I walk down to the sea, and I stand in the same spot, take a photo of the same mountain okay. every day. I don't, do, but only school days. I find it fascinating, Sean, looking at your pictures because it's really interesting to see the different weather. Oh God, yeah, and most, the different. I mean, you, you live mostly, in a really beautiful most, place. It's mostly horrendous the weather. I must admit, <laughs> you can't tell on the photos sometimes, but you see the water's like whipping up like this because it's wow, so windy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's my thinking time. Yeah, I was going to say, it's you, know, so you can I, resolve I, it. Can't it's I the same thing with you when you when you. I try not to record my studio before I go for the walk because then I see what I did yesterday. I think, oh God, I've got. Yeah, that's awful. But so I'm thinking about. The day ahead rather than what I've done. So I think, oh, today I'm going to be drawing this, that, and the other, and I'll do that. And, you know, mm, and yeah. I find it clears my head and gets me there to go. Good. And, yeah. it, you know, like Joel says, it's a nice spot. So I think, God, this is bloody great. I've got to carry on drawing, otherwise I'm going to live somewhere shit. <laughs> <laughs> see this is why I want to get into the country yeah. it's fantastic I mean I'm stuck in, a, in a, a town at the moment and I have been for quite a while and I just want to get out of it really absolutely I loved it when I lived in London though but I was younger than there were any kids 
But it's different. It's a big city. And I was working for two that phones and So yeah. I'd go into the office every week and deliver, de- deliver mm. my mm. pages. Yeah. And they'd say, oh, do you want to do this cover over the weekend? I'd be like, yeah. So that, I like that. So you picked up work because you happened yeah. to be kind Look, of... I'd, I'd make it so I got in there for Friday lunchtime so we'd go down the pub and we'd end up... Yes. <laughs> yeah. we'd, end up we'd end up there till Friday evening, you know. Um, I used to deliberately fly over for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Deliver the work. Because, yeah, because yeah. otherwise you could talk, not talk to anybody for a week and you need, yeah. you need some release. Really. Yeah, I mean, is it? Uh, can it be quite so? I mean, like you say, I mean, I'm assuming you do listen to uh, Radio Six. No. I, I, I do, but not when I'm working. I can't listen to radio I'm working. I, I is can't it distracting? Don't, don't listen to anything. I, no, I listen to music. Right, yeah. But, but yeah. I need instrumental. On iTunes. Uh, yeah, quite a lot. lyrics. I'm assuming that lyrics, no, lyrics can influence no, the work. You don't want. Me, but people talking, even if, I'm, if I do listen yeah, to radio, the yeah. DJs just, even if I like them, they still put me. They you catch something, you think, oh, I listen right. to yeah. Then I'll put my pencil down, and, you know. Well, for you, Lawrence, you can, I mean, I find I zone out if it's something like talking yeah. music. Whether it's lyrics or not, I'm listening to music, not necessarily the lyrics. I, I can't listen to, um, well, I don't listen to music in a while, so I listen to people talking, and it's kind of people that I don't really care about. So <laughs> I enjoy, yeah. like, the, as I said, getting angry, and then yeah. thinking, oh, I'm not listening to you anymore, and then, but I'll carry on working. I used to, when I was younger, I used to listen to music, um, and it didn't bother me then, but it, and then I started finding, um, I didn't want to listen to... Uh, like my tapes that I would make or whatever else or you know put a CD on because I would know what would be next and I'd end up the words would kind of start mm. tangling around in my head so I need something that is constant but something I don't care to listen to I cannot listen to like I know some artists that listen to books and things like that and no, I kind I of envy that, that but no. I can't do it because I, I need to focus on the page I mm. can't focus on so like the person talking so I want to hear people talking but I don't care what they're saying I did an exhibition a couple of years ago for the Lakes Festival of um, record covers done by comic artists like vinyl, twelve inch yeah. record covers. So I was buying a lot of records for the for the exhibition, and I thought oh, I quite like to listen to some of these. So I, had like <laughs> so I went and bought a turntable. And, right. and I already had like an amp of speakers that I've had since like nineteen eighty eight. But the turntable, the kids messed it up when they were little, like you know, yeah, scratching right. it, goes back and forth <laughs> with the needle. Yeah. So I had to buy a new turntable, and then since then I've got hooked on buying vinyl. But I yeah. buy a lot of soundtracks. Yeah. And every 20 minutes, I've got to stand up and go and change the record over. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes it, I count that as exercise. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so I go going up to the turntable. I put the record on, I sit back down the drawer, and all of a sudden it's finished, and I hadn't even noticed. Right, yeah. I, I That's weird that. times. But I don't yeah. feel like I've missed anything yeah. because I could play it again, or it's yeah. only music. Yeah. As if it was talking, especially an audio book, how the hell did you do that? Yeah. You know? I know that kind of Rob Williams, he, uh, he's a writer, yeah. and he listens to. Sound, movie soundtracks yeah. when yes. he's writing. Oh, really? And if he's you have to get him in the mood. To get him into the specific mood. stuff yeah, that he's writing. He gets it to, you know, so he wants a good soundtrack yeah. that get him into the mood of what he's writing. As yeah. it, right? no, I, don't, I don't need that because it'd only be crime soundtracks. John Williams and stuff like that. Lalo yeah. Schifrin or? Well, just stuff that's had a nice cover on it. Me and mm. um, Charlie Adler and Duncan Vergado went to Tokyo Comic Con a few months ago. So pictures And me and Charlie spent, me and Charlie before we went, we did loads of research where we could buy like Japanese jeans and all, where all the second-hand vinyl shops were. So we just dragged everyone else around there for a week. But we ended up buying, Charlie and I both bought like a stack of vinyl like this. Unfortunately, it's really heavy. Right, yeah, yes. Like, 180 yeah. grams each, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, well, some, some, are, yeah. some are even thicker, like some really old ones. Right. But most of it, it's all soundtracks I bought, yeah. and Charlie's one, I think, but a lot of it, hadn't even heard of the film, but it had a really nice cover. Yeah. Nice illustration on it. Oh. No, well, um, Mondo do a lot of that, don't they? Uh, think, yeah, but that's all new illustrators. They're mostly, I don't really like many of them. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're talking 60s illustrators. Yeah, I like 60s. Yeah, yeah I don't sort yeah. of think. Yeah. You know, I tell Lalo Schiffer. Yes. I tend yeah. to watch 
TV series when I'm working. Yeah. Um, I, I've always, I grew up watching really? movies. I used to go all videos. TV I used to go all and videos. And I, have, I normally yeah. have the computer just sitting there watching stuff or watching TV while I'm Does it have to be away. something you've seen before? A lot of the time it's better because yeah, it's I, I don't want to have to really look at it. Mm. Yeah. It's mm. like, I, it's like I'm, I'm playing it and I look up occasionally at my favorite bits. Yeah. Mm. But, it, but it's, it's like, I love Westerns and stuff, so it's great watching mm. those while I'm working away. I do stop for lunch and watch this every day. Of, what was it? I stop for lunch and watch this Do you seriously? That's what I switch off. When do you have lunch? Um, it's a politics show. Really? Yeah, I have it at okay. 12 o'clock. Listen to him. And, yeah. and, and Rob Williams also uh, does it. And then really? we send text to and each other about, about what's going people. on in the politics show yeah, at the same time. So it's quite tragic. Uh, yeah. I think I'm the tragic one. <laughs> I can't do this with me. There's nothing wrong with the guilty pleasure in the daytime. Of course, daytime TV. Oh, I've got no guilty pleasure. I'm not guilty about anything. No, guilt is. Yeah, no, guilt's not a good thing. I find myself watching, I find it flogging. I want to, like, really know. Where you've got, you know, the guy out of Brookside and someone from, and they just, because I think, I wonder if I could upcycle something like that. And you find, and it gets one of those programs you watch the first five minutes, you've tuned in the last ten minutes, you know, that's what they make. If I'm doing the ironing, I'll I'll try and time it so that home's under the hammer's on. Can you draw while you're out? No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm away from my drawing board. And I'll try, you know, I have to wait to the, I have to watch the whole episode to see how they did at the end. Yeah. I know. But I would never... Oh, this is like a nightmare to me. This is the worst So you like daytime TV, Sean? No, no. This is a secret I didn't realise. It's all coming out now, isn't it? (laughs) Loose women. Sean Phillips likes loose women. (laughs) Well, I I I knew you did, but... I like Colleen Nolan and Janet Street Porter are best on there. (laughs) (laughs) All the other ones are a bit irritating. Only, yeah, it's only when I'm having Jeremy lunch. Jeremy Kyle? Yeah, yeah. No. You, you don't stick to Jeremy Kyle then? No, I can't watch What, I, what I have discovered late afternoon, which I don't do, but I did discover, is that Streets of San Francisco is on. Oh, is really? it? Yeah. Oh. Is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Columbo. Oh, I know Columbo's yeah, like, on I, I, I could go straight I like back Columbo. to the 70s, and I, I feel like a kid Columbo is like a thing. I do like Columbo. I've got Kojak. Kojak's on. A friend of mine is a floor sander. Like with, you know, yeah, yeah. Like school halls and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And he knocks off in time for countdown every day. Seriously? Plumbing, that's He's all right. Yeah. So, yeah, I suppose different people got different working methods. And yeah. I suppose you've got to have a stopping point, haven't you? And, you know, like you, like I said, at lunchtime it might be a particular programme. Yeah. Later on, yeah. Yeah. there's a reason why soap operas on at a certain time. Yeah. It allows people yeah. to watch other people's problems and just yeah, sit well, back. But I think, you know, as far as the, get the work done, you need to keep to some sort of schedule because yes. there's always a deadline. Yeah. And we've been doing it long enough now that we know that it's going to take a certain amount of time to get it done. So if I haven't done my two pages that day, I might work late to finish it. Okay. Or know that, oh God, I'm going to have to work on Sunday now. Yeah. But, you know, mm. it's all... Sort of it can vary, yeah. I suppose. No, I'm, I'm on quite a loose schedule at the moment. I only do a comic every five weeks, so I'm on four weeks. So I can fit in things like this. I mean, yeah. I missed Friday travelling, I'll miss tomorrow travelling. Mm. And obviously, I haven't done anything while I'm here, so you know you've got to factor all that in. Mm. Are you still doing digital and physical painting? Are you still doing both at the same time at the moment? Um, I'm penciling digitally, printing it out in blue, and then inking with a pen. Oh, well, that's just, just for a change, only oh, for cool. the latest couple of. Just projects. to give it a different look, yeah, slightly. No, I've done. I've been purely digital for about five years, and I just got a bit bored with it. Well, actually, I was waiting to get a new Cintiq. Well, I was waiting to get a free one because um, <laughs> I'm an ambassador of Wacom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, they've got loads of artists to it. Like, me, Duncan and Charlie did it. We got involved through the Lakes Festival. My friend Julie runs the Lakes yes. Festival in Kendall. And she just got Wacom involved as sponsorship. They lend us or give us Cintiqs, Wacom Cintiqs, you know, to draw in on a tablet. Um, and they come to the... Sh- 
they had another show and they, they didn't ask for them back. Oh, really? <laughs> After a bit. So, <laughs> wow. like, my kids' school got one, someone else nice. got one, oh, really? the art college got one, and that, and then Jake, my son, got one. And I thought, oh, you know. I'd like but, one I, of those. but I didn't want one. I was waiting for the new ones to come out, the bigger ones. Because <laughs> my old you one was like ancient. <laughs> so, in the meantime, anyway, we, we, we became ambassadors. At this, one of the shows, Duncan did a little video with Wacom, and then me and Charlie had someone come to our houses and interview us. Oh, okay. They're on YouTube. It's yeah. got like 50,000 views, my one has. I was thinking, I hope 100 people watch it, otherwise it's going to be really embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's mostly me mum just watching it over and over again. <laughs> Every time someone comes down, look, look, sure's on the telly. <laughs> but, um, and in exchange, it was meant to get free kit. But the guy who set all this up, they got fired by a wacko. Oh, oh God, really? Out too much free stuff. Oh. So when me and Charlie and Duncan were in Tokyo yes. six months ago, there's a Wacom shop in one of the department stores. So yeah. We had a stroke of them to see how nice they were. <laughs> and Duncan's like, because there's like, oh, this is getting really techy, but I mean, it's all right for us lot. There's a 24 inch one yes. and a 32 inch one. 32 inch one's like Whoa, this. Really? Yes. And we all went in and we go, oh, that 32 one, that's, that's too big. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, he's perfect. <laughs> and Charlie's like, well, yeah, I want a really big one, but he's building a house at the moment, so he's waiting to get his studio built, so he's got a big, because he hasn't got a big enough desk to put it on yet. I mean, right, it's okay. massive. And I just couldn't wait. I went back to my hotel room and tried to buy one online. But because I was buying something that was £3,000 while I was in Tokyo. Yeah, you're you're going going to to exactly. Said some blokes. Home, but, um, <laughs> when do I start talking about that? I don't remember. <laughs> um, yeah. But the, the, the size, I mean, I'm not digital at all kind of thing. So the size difference. Size is, is, oh, it's just so I can like, lay out it. So can, no, but uh, yeah, I mean, can you, on the slightly smaller one, can you get a full page on it? As it were? Um, so, I can't get a full page on the big one. Oh, you can't? No. Right, okay. Um, and, uh, but you don't need to. You can have another window open that's got a full page okay. thing you can look yeah. at when you've got a different window. I mean, as I said, I'm not digital at all, so this is no, I mean, one, I mean, they, they do like one... I mean, I know Duncan does loads of stuff on the iPad. Yeah. Well, yeah. Just a lot of people seem to be like going a, that way. One of the, you know, uh, he's drawn comics on iPad before yeah. a lot. Yeah. Some yes. people do covers now, purely yeah. on iPad, don't they? I, can't, I find it a bit too slippery to work on, but... Um, but I mean, they've got a full Photoshop now for iPad. Yeah, but also I think it's launched. Or is it coming? It's coming soon. It's coming this year. So you can... It's going to be amazing. You can get Clip Studio, which is like the the drawing thing. You can get that from iPad. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I suppose, with I mean, you were talking at the image panel about, you know, the younger creators coming up and all of that. Yeah, they've all got that stuff. Yeah, I mean, will workspaces change in the future? Well, yeah. I've got, I mean, a lot of my graffiti mates, if they're not spraying on walls legally, I hasten to add. They're doing it all on um, on iPads. You can you can have your whole studio mm. in Well, Becky yeah. Becky Clunan yeah, works Becky in a, a coffee shop, isn't that right? I mean, yeah, she doesn't work Becky, at home. Becky she literally draws in coffee shops. I think she's got a house now. And actually oh, actually, I wasn't sure. But, but Israeli, yeah, but she travels around. around. Really? She's been tweeting saying, you know, she's on a train with her iPad out drawing pages. Amazing! It is amazing. I think it's a lot easier for younger thing because you haven't had that habit of having it all baggage. Doing it the old way, you know. But what I got I got a Cinti because I thought, well, all the young people are doing it. I better get one too. And but it, you're saying about and it sat there untouched for two years. But then you kind of you're saying now, but you're kind of you, you kind of like still drawing on paper, as it were. Well, you can't beat sense. pencil on paper. Can it, you? It, it, I, I mean, I don't it. know. I've not done the other side. As well, it no, were, but so. you know, no. I mean, also, I didn't have any original art for a couple of years. Right. Well, four or five years probably, yeah. apart from the covers. I still painted the covers. And I just thought, well, I'd, you know, I'd quite like to sell some art because yeah. I've only got really old stuff, yeah. and no one wants that anymore. I mean, so it's, it's, I found out really it's all digital now for Poland, yeah. 
Yeah, but that's because his eyesight's so bad that he has to do it. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. I didn't realise that. Well, his eyesight's that bad that he can't... He just has to zoom in miles to get... Jesus. And I think maybe shaky hand as well. I didn't, I didn't realise yeah. that. I mean, and me, I mean, you can zoom in so I can draw something that yes, I can't... Yes, of course. But I, look, the, I look at old things I've drawn on paper, I think, God, my eyesight was miles better. How the hell did I manage that? Or my hand was so... Yeah, had much yeah, more yeah. control. But is there a danger in that, though, of zooming in, of getting obsessed in the... Oh, totally, like, yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. Every Putting bears. down line work that well, when you pull out, it, yeah. you just realise no, it No, you can draw matter. a head that's going to print that big and you're <laughs> yeah. drawing the pupils in the eye. <laughs> yeah. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can't help it. But right. you, you, it took me about... Because I just... I bought this antique thinking I'll teach myself how to use it. Mm. But I was halfway through a, a long year project, so I couldn't go digital halfway through. Mm. So I thought I'd just do it in my spare time. <laughs> spare time. <laughs> and, um, but at the same time, Jake, my boy, was at art college. He goes, well, I need a synthetic. I said, well, okay. So he borrowed it for two years, taught himself how to work it. And then I came on to, I think it was the fade out the first thing I did digitally. I just got him to show me how to set it up. Yeah. I started page one on the synthetic and just learned on the job and just did like the first five pages trying to figure out line weights because you can't tell on screen how it's going to print yeah. necessarily you know and Duncan done the same didn't he on yeah he's just sort of like, MPH I think yeah just jump straight oh, in really? yeah so it's basically learning on the job is that it the thing that it's good to do that we, we both, both Duncan and I and Louis Comic we don't draw in Photoshop you draw in Clip Studio because it's got amazing 3D perspective grids you can build right. and you know your lines snap to the perspective and it's just you can see it in MPH with Duncan all of a sudden there's three point perspective everywhere yeah because it's so much you <laughs> still got to know what you're doing and course, construct yeah. it all but, and, and me too you know if, if I was drawing like this room here normally there'd be like one point perspective so everything would go to that point right, right? Yeah, but yeah. now I could do it so it's three point perspective so everything goes there and then those lines goes there and also it yeah. goes that right, as well yeah. okay. really subtly otherwise you need a, a ruler 20 feet long if he's doing it yeah. in real life but you know so there's all those little bits that you can just, most yeah. people wouldn't even notice, but I, you can see by looking at people, oh yeah, you know, yeah. all of a sudden they yeah. discover this new tool. <laughs> well, I suppose you have to be in the profession maybe to sort of recognise these little tricks. Um, yeah, probably, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much people, how much notice people take of the drawings and comics, really. No, no disrespect, <laughs> but you know. Because you get caught up in the story and you don't really stop and, and look that intently, I don't think, unless you're another artist. I, I think, I the, think. Co the price of comics nowadays, I, well, I, I buy my comics, I'm looking up to get them every Wednesday, um, and I look at the artwork first, then I decide which comic I'm going to read, not necessarily based on the story, oh, really? but based on the artwork, yeah, yeah I've, I've always done that. And I've, I'd be a first one. Is the first one the one that you want because you enjoy it, or do you hold on so that the last one I is the tried, I. I think nowadays I can't help myself. Um, I, <laughs> okay. I, I read, you know, if, if Superman's coming out with Ivan Reese on it and Brian Michael Bendis, that's when I'll read straight away. Um, there's no delayed graphication anymore for me, but it was that idea. Again, you had more time when you were younger. Mm. I'll put that one and I'll work my way towards yeah, to that. that one. And that way you're working your way towards your comics. You read your favourite comics first. Suddenly I've got a pile of comics yeah. I have still do got you only, to read. Do you only buy on paper or do you buy digital? I buy on paper. I'm lucky enough, I get a lot of the image stuff um, because I do reviews and things, but again, that's beautiful because then I can decide I want that on paper. Yeah. And I, I and I remember um, a lot. It, it just seems to be better. Although digital helps at night when your missus is trying to sleep and you're trying to creep into the bed and yeah. read some comics. Yeah. Um, but it's always paid for me, even though I've got no room in the house anymore. Yeah. I mean, sure. When you get your delivery of books, you know the books you order. Do you do you say I'm going to give myself half an hour later to look through? No, I rip over the package. You go, oh, it's really good. I'll, <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll look at it later, and then two years later, yeah. when it's at the pile of. And like, you forgot you had it. Books. Oh God, yeah. The thing is, I have that. I found books in my alcove. I forgot. I, I've got so many books in my flat, 
and I, I found a box. You can see in Joel's book, you know, in my studio, that there must be 3,000 books in there, probably. Not all. Yeah, I saw not all, A lot of them are comic or graphic novels. All my like, floppy comics are up in the loft. Um, but then floppy there's. Comics. Is that what they're called? Floppy yes. Floppy yeah. comics. Yeah, that's what they call sorry, floppy, you see. Oh, that's amazing. So far out of it. Floppies, but, like know, floppy discs. But, so I buy, I, buy, I buy digital. I don't buy. Right. I, the stuff I follow, like, as. I mean, when I'm invested in the story. So, like, um, I don't know, Walking Dead, I'm, I read that every month. And. Uh, even things like Love and Rockets, which I'll, I'll buy on paper later, but I can't wait until that book comes out. So you buy out. the digital. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I buy really. it digitally. Some of the stuff I then buy again, if a, if a hardback, I prefer a hardcover. If that comes out eventually, mm. I can, I can mm. wait then because I've already read it. But there's stuff that I just read digitally body, once, body and then I don't need, need to read it again, and I don't necessarily like the art that much that I need a paper copy that I can study. Yeah, yeah. Right, uh, we've got five more minutes from where we've not asked any... So one, one question from the audience. Um, only everyone else's comics. <laughs> so I think, how, do, how am I going to draw that? Oh, I know someone's done that already. <laughs> I could rip that off. Uh, yeah. That, um, but all those toys you've got now. Oh, some figures. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've got like a, a skeleton that you can move kind of thing. Um, that's I've got a life-size skull, which I'll look at occasionally. Yeah, I've got a life-size skull. Actually, well. I had one before. I'd you can't buy them now, can you? You can't buy the skeleton and the skull. They changed the law. Oh, really? I think. Oh, you can't oh, buy... What? Not plastic. You oh, not, I mean, real skeleton. Oh, no, yes. no, no, no. no, no, no. Plastic. Oh, I did that, McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, you say that, but I know a couple of artists that do have. I think Bradstreet had an actual real no, no, human no. skeleton. I bought, uh, I bought a skull years ago because I, I did a Batman Two Facebook, and I, for half the skull, I made like his scarred side out of plasticine. Yeah, oh, and with like a bit of like um, fake fur for the hair bit, and I'd and I'd I'd be shooting fur for myself doing the acting, but they'll kind of take another <laughs> photo of the skull lit the same, yeah. and I could, so I could get the toothpaste. Did it ever come room. to life at night? And no, the whole thing just, no, eventually just dried out, dried out and <laughs> fell off. It was disgusting. Apart, I've done yeah. the same with a monster. So really? I'd kind of yeah. rough out a monster, and then I go and get some kind of, I don't know, modelling clay, and I'd, I'd make that up just roughly, let that dry. And then I've got a rough, really, I mean, I mean really rough version of it. You know, it's not going to win any awards, but that gives me a rough 3D-eyed yeah, 3D yeah. feel of the monster that I've created. I just have my library of books of all my favourite comics that I got from God knows the dawn of time that still sit there in the racks. And I mean, when I had to move home, and, I mean, because it was all stuff that was in the studio, and I set up my, my three walls of, uh, of comics and books. So all my favourite artwork is now dotted um, around me in the, in the books, and my television is there. and. Um, yeah, my tons and tons of DVDs and box sets and stuff like that, and that's my inspiration. Have you, have you got, because I've got like all my comics and all my books in like the studio, but I've got like a golden pile. But there is, oh no, absolutely. <laughs> like, your golden pile is, is that your, got yeah, Batman year one. And that's got just as, only, that's, that's quite thin. Your golden pile is a small, thin amount. Yeah. And like you change it yeah, so I've got from time yeah. to time. Well, you yeah. basically yeah. put potato books out and put different ones in. But there there's is, a golden, there's, there's a golden also, pile. There's also the plastic bag that you take out that has the remains. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my Neil Adams X-Men. Which has been right, thumbed yeah, so much that it's basically that, nothing that, left. That, that it's in remains, even though yeah, I've got yeah. another copy of yeah. it. You know, but but you sort of look at it and go, ah. <laughs> I, I've got a, I kind of, I, I stopped buying back issues for years. And then the writer on uh, BPRD, John Akudi, got me into kind of old comics again. So I started buying and I bought 
um, issues 50 to 100 of Fantastic Four. Like, really dog-eared collection. Yeah. Oh, really? And they're great. But, and I like them just dog-eared as well. And they smell. And they smell, and they're yellow, and they're, yellow, <laughs> and they're <laughs> rough, and there's bits ripped out. And it had I great bloody love in it. <laughs> I, bought comic, I bought some comics long to get signed by Roy Thomas and Steve Englehart. Yeah. And oh, not just me, no. some of them, like, uh, the four issues when Captain America turns into Nomad for the first time, which yes. I bought in 1974, yeah. the original copies from then, I, I had to apologise that they were like, he goes, no, these have been obviously well enough. Yeah. And then yeah, a couple of black and white Conan magazines and Roy to sign. But I had, he had to sign inside because the covers aren't attached anymore. <laughs> yeah. And there's like big chunks <laughs> out of them and stuff like that. Wow. And, you know, That's what comics I, I love it when yeah. people give me comics yeah. and they've had to take it out of their back pocket where it's been folded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you sign that rather than like mint in a bag with like a little window cut out for the signature. You know. Yeah, yeah. They cut out windows. Yeah, most of the dealers do. Ah, I didn't realise. So I always like to personalise them because I don't want anyone thinking I'm going to try and put them on eBay. I don't um, mind. I don't care about personalising. Yeah, if, if they're good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Comic Con, the International Festival of Comics here at Portsmouth and Portsmouth Guildhall. Just to make you aware of some times now. I think we have to wrap up. One more quick question, and then. <laughs> One more question because we have got a few minutes. Well, can't can ask this question. If your if your studio is on fire, what oh, is the one? Of, oh, sorry, the gentleman's yeah. got it. Oh, no, to be fair, it's probably going to sound very similar actually. Um, what would you say is your sort of like most prized sort of comic you have? Like your your metric of like one particular. Well, for inspiration or just yeah, or as, just as, as fans. Personal, just if there's one comic, what's the one you'd be buried with? Well, I got it signed yesterday. It's Avengers 58 when even an android could cry when the vision oh, joins the Avengers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't buy it new because I wasn't even, well, I was old, I was born then, but you know, yeah. I'm not old enough, but I bought it a few years ago. Like Lawrence, I started buying old comics. A couple of years ago, I bought a spinner rack. Yes! Um, I'm tempted to get one. And so I filled it. I bought like Conan so 20 to 100. Yeah. But I'm gonna, I found out yesterday that Roy wrote up to number 115, so I might as well get the last 15 as well. Because mm. I stopped. Honey, because it was getting yeah, yeah, as good as it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, what would yours be, Lawrence? You know what? It would change, chop and change. Um, I do like uh, oh, it's called John Paul Leon. He done Challenges of the Unknown, Ooh, yeah. and I think yes, that yeah. runs. Really, He's in that book. He's in really the book. Nice. He's amazing. So, they, He's they an amazing artist. Did you go and see him then? Uh, no, it's an email interview. Yeah, or phone. It's phone actually in New York. But and Will, what would yours be? I think you might have mentioned it already, have you? The <laughs> no, because it's in bits. The thing is, I um, I'd be burnt alive because I'd <laughs> <laughs> I get you wouldn't let you wouldn't want to lose like, anything. That would be the end of it, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'd be I'd be. Uh, oh yeah, well, well, we all live in total death traps. <laughs> all that dry yeah. paper, yeah, <laughs> true. They can go up like that. Yeah. Health and safety, yeah. Anyway, and on that, I really I always love these panels. Thank you so much for making it such a wonderful hour. It's gone by very, very quickly. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you. The book is available from the Tripwire table downstairs. Ollie, yes. thank you for hosting that. So